The Ramban points out in his introduction to the book of Shemot that the book, the real name, like the book has a real name, and the real name of the book of Shemot is Geula, is redemption. And the Ramban says what he means by redemption is that the trip from Mitzrayim, from slavery in Egypt, to Har Sinai, to Eretz Kena'an, that's redemption. But what he really means, what the Ramban really meant, maybe what I just told you is correct, but what he really means on a more profound level is that in order for us to be who we are, we have to have our DNA encrypted with redemption. And we all understand that in a manner of speaking. We, we are the redeemed. And we are always the redeemed in good times and in bad. And it's this power, I think, although I admit it's a little bit uh, uh, chutzpah on my part to say it, but I think that's why we're still here, why we are still going, in spite of a very difficult history. We're redeemed, which means we know that it's going to be as it should be. And that's the position of the Ramban. The book of Shemot is the book of redemption. The book of redemption is about us today, every day. It's the most modern kind of interpretation that you could imagine. Because in order to be Am Yisrael, we have to get that redemption, the Geula, into our DNA, and that's what the book of Shemot, that's what the book of Shemot is about. But that redemption did not always come easily. And so I would like to um, uh, look at a couple of psukim with you. If you have a sheet, at the top of the sheet, I'll read the words and translate them. Is talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Kodesh Baruch Hu talks to Moshe Rabbeinu to be in the parasha of Shemot, the first parasha in the book of Shemot. Ani Hashem, and then, Vehotseiti etchem mitachat sevlot mitzrayim. I will take you out of the punishment the, the, of, of the Egyptians. Vitzalti etchem. I will save you, meavodatam from their slavery. And I will redeem you. With great, uh, with great uh, power. And I will take you. You know that you know, these are the four cups of wine that we drink on the Seder night. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu that this will be an absolutely total and undivided redemption. That's what's going to, that's what's going to happen. But then, in the last Pasuk, the last Pasuk, Pasuk Chet, I'll take you out of Mitzrayim, and I will bring you to Eretz Kinaan, 
ונתתי אותה לכם מורשה אני השם ואני give it to you as an inheritance the word of God. Now one more פסוק. וידבר משה קין אל בני ישראל. So Moshe Rabbeinu came to בני ישראל and offered them this great gift this great gift total redemption total freedom total and totally inheriting <laughs> okay That's what Moshe Rabbeinu comes. He comes with that message to B'nai Yisrael. And the Pasuk says, Vayidaber Moshe Keinel B'nai Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke those words from HaKadosh Baruch Moshe Rabbeinu was the prophet. He was the acclaimed prophet. Everybody knew that he was telling the truth. Ve'lo sham'u el Moshe mikotze ruach u'meyavodah kasha. Ve'lo sham'u el Moshe. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, as we all dream about, a leader that we could trust, a leader that we could have faith in, a leader that represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. Oh, just give me one. Just give me one. I'm with him. I'm, 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 I'm following him in a moment. Right away. Right away. But the Pasuk says, Lo Shamu El Moshe. They didn't listen. They didn't listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. And why didn't they listen? Now before I get to that point, the, the, the reason for not listening to Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to listen to the previous, to a pasuk that was written re- previously, the second source. This is before. The first time Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu came to them and said, I'll get you out of here. I'll take you to Eretz Canaan. God is orchestrating this, is, this grand escape. So Moshe and Aaron came and they collected all the elders of B'nai Yisrael. And Aaron spoke the words of God that Moshe Rabbeinu told him to speak. Remember this kind of, this kind of connection of Uh, between Moshe and Aaron, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. You see Pasuk Lamed Aleph? Slowly. Pasuk Lamed Aleph says, Vayamein Ha'am. They believed him. Ultimately, why did they believe Moshe Rabbeinu? They knew. They knew there was something special. They could differentiate Moshe Rabbeinu from imposters. They knew that Moshe Rabbeinu represented HaKadosh Baruch They knew all of that. And so the Pasuk says, Vaya'amein Ha'am. They believed him. They believed that Emunah, the word Emunah in the Torah, is a word of great significance. They knew something. They knew something about Moshe Rabbeinu. It wasn't just that he came along and said, Hey, I'm a great prophet. And I'm going to get you out of Mitzrayim. It wasn't that way. There was something about Moshe Rabbeinu that people understood. They were able to recognize his uniqueness. They were able to 
test somehow the truth of what he was saying. And so the Torah says about them, Vayamein, which is like the word Amen and the word Emunah. I'm with it. I believe it. I understand it. But later on, as we saw when Moshe Rabbeinu came to tell them the details of their exodus from Egypt, the Pasuk says, right, Pasuk Tet in the previous paragraph, Vayedaber Moshe Keno B'nei Yisrael, they didn't listen. They didn't want to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. How could it be? How could they change from people of great emunah of faith to people who lo shamu el Moshe? Now this problem has been the problem that concerned commentators for at least the last 2,000 years at least the last 2,000 years. But the Pasuk adds, well, you see the Rashbam, the little Rashbam there in the corner? The Rashbam says, So the Rashbam takes a position that is adopted by many commentators. Moshe Rabbeinu came and told B'nai Yisrael that they were going to get out. They believed. But now they see that things became difficult. Paro said, we're not going to give them straw, and we're going to make it more difficult for them, and it'll be harder for them to... So then, they were not able any longer to listen to B'nai Yisrael, and that's the Rashbam's answer. But the Pasuk itself gives me a particular answer, which then in turn becomes a problem. The Pasuk says, you see the last four words, last four words in Pasuk Tet, in the first, ca in the first uh, paragraph, the last four words, so we all understand Difficult labor. Their lives became more difficult. And because their lives became more difficult, the Rashbam said, okay, they made a mistake. Perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu is not Moshe Rabbeinu. Perhaps Moshe Rabbeinu might be Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, he has certain obvious qualities, but maybe he hasn't got it right. Maybe the timing is wrong. You know, you remember that HaGadosh Baruch Hu said to Avram Avinu, how many years in Egypt? 400. How many years were they actually in, in Egypt? 210. 210 is considerably less than 400. So maybe they said, well, well maybe Moshe Rabbeinu has got it wrong. Maybe this is not what we are supposed to be doing right now. They had a crisis of faith. And that's Kasha. But we're left, we're left with those other two words, Kotzer Ruach. Kotzer Ruach. What is, what is Kotzer? What's Avodakasha? I understand. They were not able to deal with the extra labor that was imposed upon them by Paro. But what is Kotzer Ruach? What is Kotzer Ruach? You know the Mepharshim. They tried to figure it out. Some of them 
biologically, uh, they say when you get angry or when you're unhappy, you start breathing heavily and you have shortness of breath. It's like one of the, like, so if you go to a doctor and you say, uh, I don't feel well, so he might ask you, do you have shortness of breath? You know, like that's a sign of something. What's Kotzei Ruach? What's Kotzei Ruach? So on this question of what Kotzei Ruach might imply that Avodat Hashah does not imply, on this question, Rav Nachman enters into the fray. Now you know that Rav Nachman of Bratzlo was the son of the grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, and he, he was kind of into it. He thought that the Baal Shem Tov had come up with something that no one had ever thought of before, and that he, Rav Nachman, his, the son of his grandson, he, Rav Nachman, was an expositor of that something. It's another way of saying that Rav Nachman thought that he had something. He was really, and he probably, probably did, in my opinion. So here's Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman, there's a Torah that relates to this question. Now again, what's the question? The question is, what is Kotzer Ruach? Shortness of breath. Is shortness of breath the same as Avodakasha? Or is shortness of breath some other idea that has to be dealt with, exposed, and understood because it makes all of the difference? So here we are. We'll try to read some of it together, and some of it you'll read by yourselves. Listen to this. You see where it says, this is the way it, it works. The first line in the Torah, you see that? The first line is in capitals. You skip that. Because the way it works is, Rav Nachman starts off with like a mystery pasuk, but you don't understand what that pasuk is about until you finish the whole Torah. So we're not going to finish the whole Torah today. So we'll skip it. Even though it's boldface, a boldface usually means more important. For us, it means less important. Okay? So we're up to Aleph. I don't know who divided the, uh, who, who, who numbered the paragraphs. Supposedly, it was edited, reviewed uh, by his famous student, Rav Nosson Minemarov, who wrote it down. And then Rav Nachman reviewed it and edited it. So it's the real McCoy. It's real Rav Nachman of Bratzlo. Now look at this. <laughs> you see Aleph? You see Aleph? It's very important that you follow now. Hine, hine. Hine means, I want to remind you. I want to tell you something. Hine. You know, like, like you point the finger. That's Hine. Then it says, Yakar Genuche Venoha. Those of you who know Hebrew might be surprised that this doesn't strike you as being very much like Hebrew. The word Yakar means serious, the seriousness of something. In Aramaic, especially. In Hebrew, it was like the word Kavod, special, something special. Genuche. What's Kinuche? You remember from Tegiat Shofar? 
That's a genuche. Vinoha. Noha. You know what noha is? Well, all we have to do is say it, and then you'll know. Noha. Noha. Let's do it together. No, I didn't mean that. I mean the genuche and the noha. Ah, noha. Does that sound like something you know? Can you imagine this? What are we doing here? <laughs> What's going on? So if you look in the parentheses that follows what we just said, Shekorim Krechts. Now, I don't obligate everybody to know what a Krechts is, but you should know. No? Fiddler on the roof? The master of the Krechts? Rav Nachman was a special kind of person. And Rav Nachman was able to make the following comment. I noticed that Jews seem to krechts a lot. <laughs> that they react. That they react to events in their personal and general lives by, no, no. And Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, who was, who was very much involved in trying to understand the creation. And Rav Nachman was the kind of person who wanted to know about eyesight, about seeing things, about hearing things, about waste in the body. Why were we created this way and not some other way? Why were we created the way we are created? These were the kind of questions that for Rav Nachman seemed very reasonable. And so for us, he starts out with this question. Why do we krechts as much as we do? Now, you know that Rav Nachman grew up or was lived in the Ukraine, in one of the poorest places in the world, Right? He ended up finally, you know, at the end of his life, he moved to Oman, which became very popular, ultimately, as a place to go and daven, as a place to, uh, to be, to daven on Rosh Hashanah, to daven other times of the year. But he knew about poverty. He knew about unhappiness. He knew about children dying because they didn't have medical treatment. He knew about all of that. What he didn't know was why the response was a krechts. And, the Ram, and, the, and the Rav Nachman decided that he was going to help us understand that. Why do we krechts? That's his question. Now, I'm going on. He says, the krechts may isha Yisraeli, Jews. Jews, they call them Yisraeli, I guess, you know like a Zionist position. Me'ish Yisraeli. We, we krechts. That's what we do. Ki hu shleimut achesronot. Shleimut is a word that translates as perfection. And chesronot are things that, what? Or maybe imperfection, but these things that we're lacking. Things we lack. Right, so that the krechts it's good to write, you know, you say something like that, 
one word is the opposite of the other word, and then everybody says, wow, it's so profound. <laughs> and let's go on. But I think he tries to explain it. He says, this is, this is Rav Nachman's way of writing. He says something, he explains it, then he explains it again, he explains it again. I suppose there was a reason. But in any event, Shleimut HaChesrono, at the end of the first line, Ki al yedei b'chinat New concept. B'chinat You think the doctor with the stethoscope? They still have that, right? Stethoscopes? You're sticking in the stethoscope like he's listening. He, he, he could tell something. He, you know, if it sounds okay, it's okay. If it doesn't sound okay, it's not okay. So he says, Rabbi Nachman says, this bechinat haneshima. You can test breathing. Shehu haruach hayim. He says, what are you testing? You're testing the life force, right? The Gemara says, the Gemara says, when is a person dead? When does a person die? If you put a leaf on his nose, and, the, and nothing happens, it stays then you know that the person is, you know that the person is dead. Shehu aruach hachayim, this is the, 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 the spirit, ruach, ruach. Remember that word that we were looking for? So this is the first time Rav Nachman mentions it. Ruach hachayim nevraha olam. The world was created with wind. I mean, I would say spirit, but I don't want to convince you, uh, to confuse you, because I think Rav Nachman really means there was a wind that created uh, uh, the world. And the Rav Chaim is absolutely a genius at finding psukim that seem to indicate the strange things that he's saying. So he says, there's a pasuk in Tehillim, Baruch Piv, Kol The wind from his mouth, meaning HaKadosh Baruch all of the hosts in heaven were created. Called Olam creation. Creation was also a function of Ruach. Of Ruach. Kimosha Katuv, another Pasuk, Tishalach Ruchacha, Yibareun, send your wind, and they are created. And then you renew the face of, of the earth. So what is Rav Nachman trying to convince me of? That the word ruach, the word ruach implies the, the primal power with which the world was created. Right? Now you could say, you could say the Pasuk says God created it. I, mean, I don't know how God created it. But Rav Nachman says, look, if someplace in the, in the Tanakh there is a potsuk that helps me understand how the world was created, I've got to go for it. And so Rav Nachman says, what is the thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu employed in order to create the world? Ruach. Then what? Uh-huh, okay. No, look, I appreciate the question, and it's probably a good question, but I have two things to say. One, I can't answer every question like that. And second, I don't know the answer to the question. But the first answer is more important. 
Then he says, Chidush HaOlam, as you say, Yiyeh Gamkein Bebchinat HaRuach. And creation, Chidush HaOlam, Chidush HaOlam comes from Ruach. Kimosha Katuv, Teshalach Ruchacha Yibareyun Utechadesh Pnei Adama. Vuhu Gamkein Chiyut HaAdam. Not only is it the creation that comes from Ruach, but life, the life force. I mean, what is it that produced life in the world? He says, Ki adam hu After all, as long as you're breathing, you're alive, alive. And the Chachamim said, if you stop breathing, which what I said, I told you before about the the brand, the leaf on the nose. If you stop breathing, you stop living. Nimtza. Nimtza means conclusion. Right? So in other words, Rav Nachman is using that word, he's using that word ruach. And he said, if I would have to describe the creation of the world, I'd describe the creation of the world, not like a physicist, but like a Jew, using the psukim in the Torah, I would say that the force that was used by God to create the world is called Ruach. That's what it's called. Nimtza ki ikar chiyut kol hadvarim ruach. Conclusion. Life, living, the life force, whatever you might call it, all comes from Ruach. Ukishiyesh chisaron ve'ezedabar ikar chisaron when there's something missing, when there's somebody, somebody who's at fault, who can't do things, live properly. I'm not sure exactly who he's referring to, but you could each imagine whatever you, whatever you imagine. Another way of saying that, another way of saying that is that he's missing an aspect of life, of living. That's, after all, there is a life force that is part of that person. And Ruach, again, using that word, Ruach is what gives existence. It's what, so taking away Ruach is denial of existence. Now, the denial of existence doesn't have to be complete doesn't have to be 100%. It could be temporary. It could be limited. It could be small. It could be it just, just a little, little bit, but it's all in that word ruach. That word ruach explains everything to me. Finally, anacha hu arichat hanishima. Anacha, anacha. Hebrew for kvetch. Right? Anacha. Ah. There are two things that you know about the Anacha. One is that it doesn't have a word. It's not a word. And the second is that it has a meaning. Unhappiness. Less happy. Unfortunate. All of that is in the Anacha. The Anacha, who arichut ha-nishima. Who arichut ha-nishima. In other words, somehow if you could imagine like this normal breathing. You know, like I just in and out and in and out. And what's an anacha, according to Rav Nachman? 
it's, it's long. It's unnatural. I'm lengthening my breathing. I'm, I'm breathing in an unnatural way. That somebody is, Erech Apayim is forgiveness, uh, uh, pleasantness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows for something to happen. I'm the two lines from the bottom of the of, of the second paragraph. Forgiveness. Well if there's something wrong, something is missing, something's unhappy, he lengthens his breathing. He gets more breathing in and out, right? I think. I don't think we've changed that much since Rav Nachman's time. In other words, what happened? Something happened. I, I, I'm not as I should be. I'm not where I should be. Right? I don't do mitzvot properly. I don't learn Torah enough. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. So I try to rejuvenate myself. What do they call that? CPR? Is that what it's called? Like you go, you see somebody's lying on the ground. He's not breathing. So what do you do? Well, you breathe for him. Her or her. Isn't that what you do? Isn't that what CPR is? I mean, if it didn't have an abbreviation, nobody would ever do it. But somebody stops breathing, so you take him and you breathe him. You breathe into him. And then you go in and out and in and out. And if you're fancy, you give him a whack on his chest also. At the same time. But that's what Rav Nachman is talking about. Rav Nachman is talking about religious CPR. And he's saying, he said, how do you know? How do you know that a person is not the way he should be? Is not acting in the way he might act? Well, well, because he doesn't breathe. He doesn't breathe. He doesn't breathe. It doesn't mean he stopped breathing. He's anacha. He's krechtsing. It's harder for him. He wants more air and more air. And that's what, uh, that's what he says. Al Kain, al yedei anacha, mashlim achisaron. Al yedei anacha, mashlim achisaron. Now the next, okay? Ruach, anacha, krechtsing. This is the way Rav Nachman understands the biological world that we live in. In the second paragraph, right, which is paragraph bet in the original edition, he makes a few comments that I would like uh, to uh, to mention. This is a regular Rav Nachman of Brasov. He says, like you, you have analyzed the problem, you see the problem, you see that you, you need CPR. So what is the CPR that we can apply to this problem? The person who's not 
happy with himself, the person who's not dealing with things properly, the person who thinks that that uh, uh, he's not doing the mitzvot as he should. We're not talking about people who don't think about these things, but we're talking about people who do think about these things. And he finds himself short of breath. This person is short of breath. Me'ayin me'kablim ha'ruach ha'yim question mark. Da. Where do you get it from? You know, we've analyzed what you're missing. You're missing Ruach Hayim, the, the, the wind of life. You want to breathe normally. You want it to fit in. You want it to be part of the grand design without any hitches here and there. Da. Sheikah Ruach Hayim Kablim Batsadik Varav Shebadoah. So this was the Rav, Rav Nachman's idea. Rav Nachman's idea was that not everybody could reach heaven. Not everybody could reach HaKadosh Baruch Hu in heaven. But everybody could latch on to somebody who could reach heaven. And so in Chassidut, they insisted you have to daven with the Rebbe, you have to go with the Rebbe, you have to be with the Rebbe. And we see examples that either the Rebbe is alive or the Rebbe is not alive. It doesn't make any difference. The Hasidim, or Hasidic thought, brought me to the Rebbe. And the reason that it brought me to the Rebbe was that there was this idea that together we can do anything. Me and the Rebbe, together, we can make my tefillah count. We can make my mitzvah actions really count. Not just doing the mitzvah because I have to do it, but doing the mitzvah because it's going to change the world. I can do that if I'm with the Rebbe. And so he says, he says, Tzadik, that's another name for Rebbe. And Rav, and the person who is really a Rav. He says, after all, where does it come from? Where does the Ruach Hayim where is this wind, the wind that's going to heal me, that's going to make me whole, that's going to make me the way I should be? He says, where does it come from? He says, it comes from the Torah. That's what we have. We have Rav, Tzadik, Torah. That's what we have. That's what we have to work with. We can't do it on our own. I mean, after all, the fact that we can't breathe indicates that we couldn't do it on our own. So we need help. And here's the help including the Torah, right, the first pasuk, the second pasuk in Breshit, that Ruach, the wind, God's wind, hovered on the face of the waters, and that's a reference to Torah. And of course, when I say go to the Tzadikim, I mean, they, after all, are connected to the Torah. Ultimately, it's the Torah. But intermediately, you go to the Tzadikim, you go to the Rabbanim, and that's how you get it. And therefore, we have to know that this is the cure. This will set it out. This will set it straight. All we have to do is go to the Tzadikim. We have to I mean, go. We have to connect. We have to connect. I mean, there's always a problem in the world, especially in the world today where nobody wants to connect to anything because connecting is 
creates a, a responsibility. I mean, you can't connect to something without feeling the need to be supportive, connected. That's what connecting means. It doesn't just mean being there. It means seeing yourself as part of this grander, this grander uh, uh, idea that is represented in the tzaddik, in the rav, in the Torah, all of that. And even though it's sort of true that the litaim, the litvaks, and the chassidim kind of divided themselves up where the litvaks said, we'll do it with the Torah, and the chassidim said, we'll do it with the tzaddikim, but of course, as you see in Yerushalayim, when you live in Yerushalayim, Baruch Hashem, you can see that uh, not exactly that way. Litvaks also have Rabbanim and, and Hasidim also have Torah, so that this became a composite picture, the composite picture of the Jewish attempt to remake themselves as HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to be. And how do you do that? You do that with the Torah. Okay, look at the bottom of the page. You see, paragraph Tet. What happened to Bet Gimel Dalet Hevav Zayn Chet? They're in, they're in the book. They're in the book. I'm not trying to cheat. You can look anytime you want. Tet, paragraph Tet. Remember the question that we started out with? Right. Kotzer Ruach. Remember that word, Ruach? It's like really getting a beating from us. Look at Tet. I've already explained. That, that what gives us Ruach Hayim, the ability to breathe, the feeling that we are whole, the idea that we're doing exactly what we should be doing in the way that we should be doing it, that comes from Torah. And that's what the Chumash meant when it said that before creation, creation is Gimel, by Yomer Elohim Yehi Or, and God said, let there be light. That's creation. What's in Pasuk Bet? That's the Torah, the Ruach Elohim. The, the tangible message of the divine. Like, where is Ruach Elohim? It's not God flapping a wing and making Ruach. It's that about God which we can touch. Ruach. And we know that the thing about God that we can touch and try to understand and try to be part of, that thing is called Torah. That's called Torah. Ruach Elohim you ready? Don't be nervous. After all, the Jews in Egypt were slaves. They didn't have, they didn't go through the experience of Kabbalat Torah. So broken as they were, Distraught as they were, unable to compete as they were, as they were. Lo hayalahem me'ayin lekabel haruach hayim shehu bechinat erech There was no place for them to turn to get the blessing of erech 
they were not able. They were not able to turn to the Torah. They hadn't received the Torah as yet. Marich Now, as I said, mercy. They couldn't ask for mercy. And that's what the Torah meant when it said shortness of breath. Shortness of breath describes how they were. And it also describes the fact that they had no solution, that they could not extricate themselves from this kotzer ruach. Shehu bechinat haruach hachayim shemamshichim al yedei anacha lashlim chisaron kanal. And how do you get it back? Anacha. Anacha means krecht. You krecht. In other words, you breathe in a non-regular manner. You understand. You bring out that you need the Ruach HaChayim. It's like a request, a demand, a prayer. But those Jews in Mitzrayim at that time, right? You can go over it again, but what, the, what Rav Nachman is saying is, it's not just Avodah Kasha. I mean, he's saying, he's giving you what he thinks. He says, it's not just Avodah Kasha, but it's also Kotzer Ruach. And Kotzer Ruach means that they were unable to use the Torah to straighten themselves out because the Torah had not yet been given. So that this pasuk, according to Rav Nachman, this pasuk, that they didn't listen to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's our pasuk. Rav Nachman, like he turns it around. He says, we're not so interested. I mean, it's interesting. We're not so interesting in why they couldn't do it. But we're interested in knowing why we can't do it. What's holding us back? And you know that Rav Nachum was obsessed by the question of why the Geula had not yet come, why redemption had not yet come, why going to Eretz Yisrael didn't catch on. It didn't catch on. I mean, there were great Jews who came to Eretz Yisrael, the Talmidim of the Besh, the Talmidim of the Vilna Gon. There were groups that came to Eretz Yisrael, but it didn't catch on. It didn't light the fire in Am Yisrael that Rav Nachman Abrasov thought should be, should be lit. So he's talking to his people, he's talking to all the people, he's talking to all the Jews. Rav Nachman certainly thought himself as a spokesman for all the Jewish people, and he said, we are the living Kotzer Ruach. We are the ones who can't heal ourselves because we don't see the cure to the problem in learning Torah and connecting to the tzaddikim and the rabbanim. So I forgive the Jews in Mitzrayim for not listening to Moshe Rabbeinu. They just didn't have the wherewithal. They were, too, they were confused. Avodah kashah, avodah kashah. They had, uh, they wasn't supposed to be that way. So why did that inf influence them so much? That's mikotzer ruach. They were unable, they were unable to find within themselves the cure 
for the problem that they had generated. Have a good Shabbos.